Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Resolute Forest Products second quarter 2020 earnings conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If you would like to queue up for a question, please lift your phone receiver and press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. In order to withdraw your question, please press the pound sign. Please note that this this call is being recorded today, Thursday, July 30th, 2020 at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. I would like to now turn the meeting over to Ms. Marianne Limoges, Treasurer and Vice President, Investor Relations. Please go ahead, Mrs. Limoges. Thank you, Operator. Good morning and welcome to Resolve's second quarter earnings call. Today we'll hear from Yves Laflamme, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Rémi Lalonde, Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer. You can follow along with the slides for today's presentation by logging on the webcast using the link in the presentations and webcast page under the Investor Relations section of our website, and you can download the slides. Today's presentation will include non-U.S. GAAP financial information. Our press release and the appendix to the slides include a reconciliation of the non-GAAP information to U.S. GAAP financial measures. We will also make forward-looking statements. Forward-looking information is based on our current assumptions, beliefs, and expectations, all of which involve a number of business risks and uncertainties, and can change as conditions do. Please review the cautionary statements in our press release and on slide two of today's presentation. I will turn the call over to Eve. Merci, Marianne. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. We reported $37 million of adjusted EBITDA in the second quarter, a $5 million improvement compared to $32 million in the first quarter. The second quarter's results reflect better pricing for pulp, an increase in lumber shipments, and the favorable impact of the weaker Canadian dollar, despite despite a significant drop in paper demand due to the COVID-19 pandemic. By segment, we reported quarterly adjusted EBITDA of $16 $16 million in market pulp, up by $13 million from the first quarter, $3 million for tissue, down by $3 million, $25 million for wood products, up by $9 million, and $4 million for paper, down by $10 million. Operating in the pandemic has not been easy, but we focused our attention on key short-term priorities to see us through, including operating under rigorous protocols around the health and safety of our employees, contractors, and suppliers, reducing our paper production consistent with the dramatic decrease in in economic activity affecting demand, maintaining disciplined liquidity management, monitoring customer credit risk, and controlling spending around SG&A and capital expenditures. We stay on on high alert as situation evolves and new risks develop such as the risk of production interruptions in hotspots to minimize the spread of the virus. World shipments of chemical pulp rose by 8% in the first five months of the year compared to the same period last year, reflecting a 13% increase in the demand for hardwood and a slight increase in softwood. 
The trends generally reflect higher tissue demand with the ongoing pandemic and inventory swings offset by a significant decrease in printing and writing demand. Chinese demand grew by 12% in the period, with all growth coming from hardwood. North American demand grew by 6% for softwood, but it was 10% lower for, for hardwood. Global industry operating rates in the period averaged 93% for softwood and 91% for hardwood. The average transaction price in the market for segment rose by $34 per metric ton in the quarter, or 6%. But shipments were 45,000 metric tons lower, mostly due to the timing of annual outages at the Cahoon and Tondabee mills and the shortage of recycled raw material. EBITDA in the segment improved by $13 million to $16 million. Why Pop benefited from higher demand for higher quality tissue, the lower printing and writing shipments have started to put some downward pressure as those markets stabilized in the ongoing pandemic economy. Not surprisingly, the tissue business has seen an overall pickup in demand in this pandemic environment, but also a significant shift in consumption patterns. U.S. at home demand grew by 19% in the first five months of the year compared to 2019, while demand for away from home was down by 4%. While pricing in tissue segment improved by 4% in the quarter, <coughs> shipments slipped by 4,000 short tons, or 14%, due to a shortage of inventory as we adjusted to meet the spike in customer demand in early stages of the pandemic. The price improvement reflects favorable mix between converted products and parent roles, as well as pricing gains in both the retail and away-from-home segments. But the lower volume dragged EBITDA down to $3 million in the quarter. Finished goods inventory at quarter end remained low at 5,000 short tons. We will continue to focus on customer portfolio optimization in the tissue business, particularly in the retail segments where we continue to make inroads as we place volume with new customers and demonstrate the quality of our products. Overall, we expect to continue to gain momentum in the coming quarters. After a 26th drop in April, U.S. housing stocks recovered to a very encouraging seasonally adjusted level of 1.2 million by June. From the end of the first quarter to the end of the second, the benchmark price for 2x4, 2 and better delivered Great Lakes is up by about $100 per thousand board feet, while the benchmark price for comparable 8-foot stud is up by about $150 per thousand board feet. This reflects stronger than expected housing starts, but also robust demand from the repair and remodeling market. June retail sales at home and garden centers is reported to be up by 18% compared to last year. Wood product shipments rose by 78 million board feet in the quarter, reflecting the added capacity for a full quarter of production for our U.S. Army's acquired on February 1st, as well as the impact of Canadian railroad blockades in the first quarter. But the average transaction price slipped by $9 per thousand board feet compared to the first quarter, which lags the, the benchmark prices as I just mentioned, reflecting market uncertainty with the early stages of the unfolding pandemic. EBITDA in the lumber segment improved by $9 million in the quarter to $25 million. The lumber market lately has been a bright spot against what 
more pessimistic expectation in April, driven by the strength of the repair and remodeling market and strong housing sales, giving us the opportunity to bring back to production some of the sideline Canadian capacity, such as two of our idle stone mills in Quebec. The integration of our U.S. lumber asset is progressing well, as they have also benefited from an, an above-seasonal surge in demand for decking. As lumber demand remains promising, we are pursuing our plan, our plan to bring the Eldorado Arkansas facility online in early 2021. The pandemic has had a substantial effect on the paper segment, as the dramatic reduction in economic activity has been particularly hard for marketing-dependent products like newspaper, inserts, flyers, and commercial papers. North American demand for all-coated mechanical papers and newsprint fell by 24 and 23% respectively in the first half of 2020 compared to the same period last year. This reflects a drop of 30 to 40% in supercalendar grades, 17% for standard grades, and 23% for both newspaper publisher and commercial printers. The shipments to capacity ratio for all uncoded mechanical papers was 72% compared to 84 last year, while North American newsprint was 79% compared to 85% last year. Global demand for newsprint was down by 18% through May, and the world newsprint shipments to capacity ratio was 74% down by 11 for year over year. We adjusted to this reality by curtailing production capacity by nearly 30% against our run rate capacity heading into the crisis, leading to a drop in shipments by 132,000 metric tons, or 27%, across all grades. Accordingly, we recorded approximately 180,000 metric tons of downtime in the quarter, and we reduced finished goods inventory by 20,000 metric tons from the end of the first quarter. The average transaction price remained relatively stable, decreasing by $8 per metric ton, mostly due to newsprint. Nevertheless, segment EBITDA was positive at $4 million. The significant slowdown in economic activity will have an ongoing effect on paper, and we will continue to adjust our capacity as conditions evolve. I will now have Remy discuss our financial performance. Thank you, Eve. We reported a net loss of $22 million in the second quarter, or $0.25 cents per share, excluding special items. This compares to a net loss, excluding special items, of $29 million, or $0.33 cents per share in the previous quarter, and net income, excluding special items, of $11 million, or $0.12 cents per diluted share in the same period last year. Special items in the quarter include... $15 million from the settlement of an insurance claim related to the 2015 acquisition of Atlas Tissue, for which we expect to receive the proceeds in Q3, a net gain on disposition of assets for the sale of our Augusta facility for $9 million, and other income net from foreign exchange translation and non-operating pension and OPEB credits. Note that in the second quarter, we combine the results of our newsprint and specialty papers segments into a new paper segment. This better reflects our internal analysis given the diminishing percentage of newsprint and specialty papers in our product portfolio. Total sales in the second quarter were $612 million, down by $77 million from the first quarter, 
which reflects the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on paper demand, with shipments down by 27%, partially offset by the additional volume of our U.S. sawmills and the first quarter impact of Canadian rail blockades on lumber shipments. Manufacturing costs rose by $7 million in the quarter after removing the favorable impact of the weaker Canadian dollar and the lower volume. Compared to the first quarter, the all-in delivered cost for market pulp decreased by $14 per metric ton, or 2%, which, combined with a $34 per metric ton improvement in pricing, produced $16 million of EBITDA for the quarter, a $13 million improvement. The delivered cost in tissue increased by $167 per short ton in the quarter, or 10%, mostly reflecting the impact of lower shipments and maintenance costs associated with the annual outage in Calhoun. EBITDA for the segment was $3 million, down from 6 in the previous quarter. In the wood product segment, the delivered cost fell by $25 per thousand board feet, or 7%, reflecting better productivity. Combined with the 14% increase in transaction prices, EBITDA rose to $25 million, $9 million better than the last quarter. Paper's delivered cost was $20 per metric ton higher in the quarter due to the impact of downtime. EBITDA was $4 million, down by 10. We generated $125 million of cash from operating activities in the quarter, largely due to a $92 million reduction in working cap, including a seasonal decrease in round wood inventory. We spent $37 million in capital expenditures in the first half of the year, compared to $45 million in the same period of 2019. As we mentioned last quarter, in light of the uncertain economic environment, we are reducing our annual capital spending expectations to $90 million, including capital to be invested in the U.S. sawmills. We took the opportunity to reduce borrowings under our revolving credit facilities by $191 million in the quarter, repaying all of the amounts borrowed in Q1, except for a $180 million 10-year term loan that we used to finance the acquisition of U.S. sawmills. The term loan carries a floating rate of interest of about 2% as of today, net of an expected patronage dividend. With quarter-end cash at $27 million, our liquidity improved by $47 million from the end of the first quarter to $396 million. We made $17 million in softwood lumber duty deposits in the quarter, bringing our total deposits to $194 million, which is recorded in other assets on the balance sheet. Finally, we contributed $16 million to pension plans in the quarter, and we made OPEB payments of $3 million, with a combined expense of $8 million included in adjusted EBITDA. The contribution reflects a temporary benefit from the deferral pursuant to the U.S. stimulus bill of $8 million to U.S. plans in the quarter. We expect to defer up to a total of $34 million in contributions for the year, 
but considering that the catch-up is due on January 1, which is a bank holiday, the deferred amounts will need to be funded before year end. Accordingly, our pension contributions for the year will be $112 million, and we will make $13 million of OPEB payments. The net pension and OPEB liability on the balance sheet was essentially unchanged from the end of the first quarter because of the offsetting impact of payments and the weaker Canadian dollar. While asset values have recovered somewhat from the turbulent first quarter, we've seen a further deterioration of prevailing interest rates, which would weigh against the funding ratio on an accounting basis and on a funding basis, implying higher contributions as usual, we will conduct the assessment only at year-end and based on the conditions at the time in accordance with applicable accounting and pension funding rules. Steve? The COVID pandemic and the ensuing economic fallout have brought unprecedented challenges and business uncertainty. I want to take the opportunity to express my gratitude for the commitment of our employees, contractors, and suppliers and their loyalty and hard work. They pulled together, allowing us to operate as an essential business to our commitment to world-class safety while remaining focused on the job well done. On behalf of the Board of Directors and the executive team, I want to sincerely thank them. This concludes our formal presentation. Operator, we will now open call for questions. As a reminder, to ask a question, you'll need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please stand by we compile the Q&A roster. Your que first question comes from the line of Paul Quinn from RBC Capital Markets. Your line is now open. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, morning, guys. Morning, Paul. Morning. Hey, just a couple of questions, maybe starting on market poll. Um, you guys called it short-term weakness. Just uh, how weak do you expect it to be in the short term? You and me, uh, Paul, could you speak up a little? It's very hard to hear, so. Yeah, sorry. Uh, you called out short-term weakness in market pulp, and I'm just wondering how weak you expect it to be, and how long uh, the weakness will last. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's really related to, as I said, the printing and writing business, and uh, you know, we uh, we hope for uh, you know something better coming in 2021 as we as we see the uh, you know the forecast we have right now, but we expect the. Uh, to next quarter to be a little smoother than what we had in the, in the, in the second quarter. Okay, and then on uh, wood products, um, it looks like El Dorado, no change really in bringing that online early in 2021. Any way to accelerate that given the market strength that we're seeing in wood products? <laughs> That's a good question. We definitely look at this really seriously. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the, uh, we, we, we cannot do it. So uh, that's something that we... We reevaluated uh, seriously the, po the possibility to do it, and uh, we came at the conclusion that uh, you know we uh, we're going to restart as soon as as possible, and if we can on the one shift to uh, with the uh, you know the capex we're spending right now. Uh, so if we succeeded to restart a little earlier, maybe by the end of the year this year would be more like a you know one shift startup for training or something like that. But uh, we don't see big. Uh, big volume coming in on the market before the beginning of next year. 
Okay, just um, one, one thing that uh, confused me, the insurance, the $50 million insurance from uh, related Atlas, is that related to Atlas acquisition or where is that coming from? Yeah, so uh, Paul, it's Remy. So we uh, had rep and warranty insurance as part of the transaction, so we made a claim following the acquisition and uh, reached a, a settlement. So uh, it's $15 million. The cash is expected in Q3. And it is not in adjusted EBITDA and other income. Great. That's all I had. Best of luck, guys. Thank you, Paul. Your next question comes from the line of Hamir Patel from CIBC Capital Markets. Your line is now open. Hi. Good morning. Morning, Hamir. Eve, uh, the uh, 70 million board feet of uh, downtime that you, you've been taking in Canada in the last three quarters, is, is any of that still down today? Uh, yeah, we still have uh, you know, at that volume. We have to take into consideration we had three uh, stud mills down, and also you know we have mills that uh, we don't have the wood supply to run in Canada for potential. So, uh, so having said that, we uh, restarted two of the stud mills as mentioned in the uh, my script, but we still have uh, one stud uh, mills in the northwestern Ontario Ingays that's still down. Okay, and when did those two uh, when when did those two restart? Uh, they restarted about, I would say, pr- pretty much at the beginning of this quarter. Being the third quarter, so in July. Yeah, sorry, yeah, the third quarter, sorry. I'm saying this quarter, I'm talking about July. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Ruby. Okay, great. And, and Eva, I think you mentioned in your remarks, uh, I think I heard a figure of uh, June retails uh, in the R&R market sales up 18%, if I heard that right. And was that your own volumes through that? that no, that, that that's the stats that we got from, uh, you know, Home center statistics that, that was published, so that that's all, not our own volumes, that's not, not our own sales. So, same includes gardening and everything. So it's not just about lumber. Okay, and then for your, you know, the, the, your southern mill that has a lot of uh, decking exposure, what uh, what are you seeing? Are you seeing any signs of deceleration yet? And um, you know, at some point, the demand has to seasonally weaken. Uh, when, when do you see that playing out this year? Yeah, so first of all, uh, you're right, we, we're producing significant volume of decking into sawmills. Just to remind you that, that uh, the Glenwood sawmill was not produced any when we acquired that, so now they are producing pretty good on it. And to answer your question, uh, we were expecting that, you know, uh, coming pretty, you know, about a month ago or so, but right now we're not fitting that at all. So we know time's going to come, it's going to happen, but, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a usual uh, and, uh, you know, everybody in that business feeling the same way, but we don't see that slow down as we speak. Okay. Great. Uh, that's that's helpful. And then just on, you know, the Augusta Mill, uh, could you say who you sold that site to and uh, what their intentions are for that uh, machine? Um, we sold it to uh, its neighbor, uh, to Graphic Packaging. So we're not sure what they intend to do, uh, Amir, but uh, but you could ask them. I, I don't think it's to restart to operate newsprint. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and, and then I just uh, curious, uh, Remy, how do you think about the optionality, or I guess Eve as well, the optionality in, in the remaining paper fleet and when you think about you know, potential alternative products, uh, what, uh, what what products might that include? Well, I think, you know, we, uh, as we've been doing in the last few, uh, the last few years, you know, we're transforming the company with, uh, 
you know, tissue, pulp, and, uh, and, and lumber, as we, you can see, we grow in lumber. As for transforming the assets, of course, we, uh, you know, we certainly have a few potential uh, assets that could be transformed into something else. Uh, but as we speak, you know, uh, with the pandemic situation, the cash and everything, that I don't think we have anything, you know, on the table right now that is ready to go. So. Fair enough. And just the last one for me, uh, Remy, could you uh, comment on, you know, was it the sort of government grants that you may have had access to in Q2? How much was that and, and what uh, what level would you expect in Q3? Yeah, no, good question, Amir. So we actually did not qualify for the uh, the programs called CUES, the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy. We did not qualify in Q2. Uh, in light of the changes that the uh, government has uh, adopted, we expect to qualify in Q3, uh, but they're not going to be huge sums. It might be, you know, it obviously depends on the revenue. There's a factor that you apply to the revenue loss. Uh, but it could be maybe a couple million dollars a month. We'll see how, how the revenue plays out, but zero in Q2. Okay, great. Uh, that's, uh, that's all I had. I'll, I'll turn it over. Thanks. Thank you. Your next question comes to the line of Sean Stewart from TD Securities. Your line is now open. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning, Sean. Uh, a couple of questions. The, the pulp costs this quarter uh, trended much better than we would have expected given the, the downtime at, at Calhoun and, and Thunder Bay. Can, can you give us any context on other variables in that mix and, and what might have contributed to the, the positive trend in costs despite the, uh, the maintenance downtime this quarter? Yeah, I'm going to let Remy answer that. Well, we certainly have a few places, the uh, fiber cost that was cheaper, but I'm going to let Remy yeah. do it more in detail. So, so to answer your question specifically, Sean, we, we capitalize and defer the major maintenance outage costs over the period uh, between outages. So, so that's why we, we spread it out to minimize potential variability from, uh, from month to month. Uh, but quarter over quarter, other than that, you'll see that costs uh, really didn't move around too, too much. Uh, fiber costs were uh, were okay, but it was all around uh, maintenance. Overall, we're seeing uh, a trend, and we've been focusing intently on uh, reducing our spend, controlling spend, especially in light of the pandemic uh, environment. Uh, we have uh, moved a couple of outages out just to uh, to preserve cash, uh, but we're trying to be very disciplined about how we share, how we uh, spend our money. There is a bit of a tailwind also in natural gas and electricity prices, obviously, with, uh, uh, with the pandemic here in the last couple of months. Okay, thanks for that. And, Eve, I'm wondering if you can differentiate conditions between domestic and offshore publishing paper markets right now. And, and further to that, it, it seems like most of the curtailments to this point, or, or just about all of them, have been temporary. Um, is there a point at which you consider indefinite or permanent shuts uh, to to right size your your capacity base on the paper side? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's uh, as far as the market, you know, the offshore market it, on the paper side is definitely very very difficult. As far as our shipment, you know, when when you look at the COVID nineteen situation in India, which is a pretty significant consumer newsprint. You know, it's uh, definitely uh, you know uh, an area where, where you know it's 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 harder than in North America right now. Even though you know it's not it's not that easy in North America either. 
So uh, as far as the assets, uh, yeah, it's all temporary. Uh, you know, as we you know, we have two machines that not two machines, but three machines has been down. Uh, the two in Vicomo and the one in Amos, and we also have two white paper machines that are down in Alma. So and uh, we have we have the flexibility with few few uh, mills or paper machines to produce, you know. Uh, SC or, or new sprint or even uh, you know white, which helps us to manage the uh, you know how much market is going to come back and uh, not necessarily have to restart a big machine at the same time. So long story short, is uh, still temporary and it's really hard to measure right now. You know if some of this is going to become permanent or not as we go. So, but uh, sounds pretty obvious that uh, not just for Resolute, but the whole market won't be back to where they were. You know about uh, three months ago. So I think that's something is going to have to happen to, to in the industry at least. That's all I had. Thanks very much for that detail. There are no further questions at this time. I will turn the call back over to Mrs. Limoges. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.